Hey friends, the teaching text for today is from Matthew 7, verses 6 through 12. Jesus said, Do not give dogs what is sacred, and do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? And if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. I wonder, have you ever considered that Jesus was not only true in the things that he said, he was not only truth embodied, but he, he was also just brilliant? That not only did he live like a sinless life, but he actually lived the most interesting, adventurous, and good life that has ever been lived. That he's not only the son of God, but he's the most skilled and wise human being who ever existed. I wonder if you've ever encountered someone who just lived so well, you were mesmerized with them. I got to have lunch uh, one time with someone who I just thought was amazing. And I asked them, how did you become you? How did you figure out how to live like this? And for those people who are nearest to Jesus and who during his earthly ministry encountered Jesus, I'm confident they experienced him in this kind of unmistakable way. And in this passage that maybe you've heard before, Jesus is bringing a healing wisdom, words that if we really took them and apply them to our lives could be a kind of balm to some of our deepest relational wounds and to some of those tendencies that lead us to places that are destructive in our relationships. And so as he goes from what we talked about last week when Jesus taught on do not judge and do not be condemning, he transitions to this really odd bit about pearls and pigs, and then to the passage that you've probably always associated with prayer on asking and seeking and knocking. But as we pay attention and and listen attentively to what Jesus is saying, we discover that these are not three isolated teachings, but actually a unified whole that, that altogether, the do not condemn and the pearls and the pigs and ask, seek, and knock is together one sweeping movement to teach us how we can flourish in relationships. So we'll start with uh, the first bit. Why on earth would Jesus say, do not give your pearls to pigs? Like, who would do that? Now, I recognize I've seen how some of you people dress your pets, and so maybe there are people in our church who would put a pearl necklace on pigs. But generally speaking, That is just not something that's done. You don't give pearls to pigs because pigs have no idea what to do with them. They can't eat them. Pigs are not vain like us. They wouldn't look in the mirror and think, man, I just look slamming today. And yes, I did just say slamming for some reason. Uh, You would be way better to give a pig like a bucket of garbage than to give them, you know, a string of pearls. Pigs have no idea how to do with something like that, uh, what to do with something like that. Jesus here is using this ridiculous metaphor uh, to illustrate an everyday misstep that we take in relationships. Just as no sensible person would offer jewelry to a farm animal, no sensible and really relationally wise person uh, would thrust their opinions and advice and perspective on people who don't know what to do with it. Yet this is something that we do every day. Uh, People who are not eager to listen, people who really don't want to hear what we have to say, we jam our opinion uh, down their throats. We shove it in their face. Now, our wisdom might be solid gold. It might be uh, genuine pearls. 
But if the people who we're thrusting our wisdom upon are not asking for it, if they're not hungry for it, if they don't want to hear it, we're wasting our breath. Now, uh, in our vanity, we might be tempted to hear this metaphor from Jesus and say that like, we're the, you know, the hero here, the, the source of wisdom here, and all of our family and friends are pigs. We're the jewel dealers. But this is not Jesus' point. His point is not to get us to belittle others and glorify ourselves. His point, as we're going to see in the next couple of minutes, is to show us a way to relate to others uh, in complete and utter respect, uh, taking seriously that they have a God-given ability to make choices for themselves. As the the passage in Matthew 7 begins, we see that when we treat others with contempt, uh, condemning them and, and writing them off, and when we, like believing ourselves to be in the morally superior position, force our uninvited or unbidden opinions on others, we're actually treating them with disrespect. I would ask you, how likely are you to listen to the advice of a person who doesn't respect you or a person who doesn't like you? How likely are you to listen to the advice of a person who you feel like is belittling you? If they make you feel like you're worthless, you're probably going to tune them out. How do you feel when someone just rushes in and gives you their unsolicited opinion about how you should be raising your children or how you should be doing your job or how you should be navigating this or that situation? Disrespect, condemnation, and forcing our opinions on other people naturally creates relational distance. It drives a wedge between us and them. And you might have something that's really worth saying that the other person needs to hear. But if they feel condemned by you, if they're not yet aware of their need and they're not coming to you for that wisdom, uh, it's going to fall on deaf ears. When we jump into advice mode without being given an invitation to do it, we're not treating other people with respect and our, our words are not going to be heard. You know what I do when I feel judged or condemned, when I feel like people are forcing their opinions on me? I'm not proud of it. It is totally involuntary, but I just shut down. And Emily Odom can tell you what it looks like when it's happening. She knows like the shape of my lips and the vacancy in my eyes when I begin to shut down. And it's because like, I feel like someone's kind of invading my space. Uh, and, and that's precisely why it happens. When you feel like someone is condemning you and you feel like they're kind of barking orders at you, it's like, imagine there's a little version of you inside your brain, kind of like, you know, moving the gears around. And it's like the little version of them hopped in your brain, kicked you out of the chair, and they're trying to control you. It's just not something that uh, you do. And watch for it this week as you're on social media, as you're interacting with family and friends and neighbors, uh, watch for that condemning attitude. Uh, watch for when people begin invading the space of others unbidden and telling them how they should be doing life and navigating marriage and parenting and single life and friendship and watch how people respond. It doesn't go well. Uh, one person said uh, the worst parts of people show up when they feel disrespected. And that's true. So if we're not going to condemn and we're also not going to force our advice on others, uh, what do we do when we feel like uh, we see something that we could offer to other people that might help them or when we need something uh, from other people that they're not currently delivering? Uh, two things, and this all comes from the Sermon on the Mount and the teaching of Jesus. Uh, we respect and we request. 
Uh, when you see stuff that you don't like uh, or you don't prefer and you have an opinion about it, there are a couple of questions that you can ask yourself. Uh, one of those is, am I treating this person with respect in my heart? This gets to the issue of judgment and condemnation that we talked about last week. Um, you know, if you're talking about someone else and you say, they really need to get their act together, your tone, your affect, all of those things are communicating. You are not respecting that person uh, in your heart. Uh, and you are to regard, we are to regard our disrespect or our tendency to condemn as the chief problem that needs to be dealt with. So they might have done something that, that invites your disrespect, but it's, it's our condemning and our judging attitude that we need to treat as of first importance. I think a second question that enables us to begin to treat a person with respect is to ask, am I being invited into this situation? Uh, is it my position to, be, to, to weigh in on this issue? Is anybody asking you your opinion? Now, one great way that we show respect for others is not to go into places where we are not invited. So if you come over to my house for the first time and you go into our bedroom and begin rifling through our drawers, I am going to politely ask you to stop. You're going into places where you've not been invited. If people are not asking for your opinion, it is generally wise not to share it. If people are not asking for your opinion about how they should be doing this or that, it's generally best not to volunteer it. And if you must give it or you feel like it's really important to them, you ask their permission to do it. But even better, you keep it to yourself. Uh, you can consider asking people questions about how they're processing instead of just forcing your opinion on it. Well, have you considered this or uh, what's your thinking about this? Or what do you think about the idea of whatever uh, you're offering support, but you're respecting this is their issue to deal with. I think the third issue, the third question we could ask ourselves is, is this something that will affect me or other people that I'm responsible for? And this gets us to the step of, of making a request. The advice and the wisdom of Jesus is when you do need to speak up, when you need something from other people, uh, you simply kindly and with respect make a request of them. You ask for what you need. Instead of barking orders, you ask, will you please put the toilet lid down when you're done? Uh, will you please come to me directly if you have a problem and not talk to other people? Uh, will you please meet with me to clarify my expectations, uh, your expectations for my job? And I just want you to notice a, a straightforward request, will you do this for me? Will you please is different than a passive assertion like, you know, it'd be really great if you do X or Y for me. It's because there's a vulnerability to making a request of someone, a yes or no ask because you've put them on the line. And because there's a vulnerability to it, um, it's, our requests are something that we should steward wisely. Dallas Willard said this. He said, the power of asking is so great that it makes many people uncomfortable. Don't you know of people who will go considerably out of their way to avoid someone who's apt to ask them for something? It may even be someone whom they, don't, they do not know and will never meet again, but they do not wish to feel the power of the request. Who really enjoys eating a sandwich in front of the family dog? While barking orders and sharing unsolicited opinions tends to divide, a request actually brings people together. It's a demonstration of an interdependent relationship. 
In making a request of another person, we're respecting that they have the power to say yes or to do, or to say no. They have the power to do as they wish. Uh, and we're going to respect that answer that they give in response to our requests. Well, what about those moments where uh, you've made a request and it's been passively or it's been actively declined? Do you keep asking? Well, I think in as much as you can do it while not condemning the person in your heart, uh, in as much as you can do it without being like judgmental and having um, a hard heart toward them, yes. The verbiage Jesus uses in this passage is you keep asking, you keep seeking, uh, you keep knocking, but only if you can do it from a posture of genuine respect of the person. But at this point, Jesus begins to transition from the human-to-human relationship to the human-divine relationship, and as we see, it really makes perfect sense in context. When you aren't making the progress that you want to see in your requests of other people, she won't go to counseling. Uh, He won't put the dishes up. You begin to take your request uh, elsewhere. You begin to take your request about another person to the only other person than them who can do anything about it, and it's to our Heavenly Father, to the Lord in prayer. Lord, help me to have a tender heart about them. You begin to pray about your, your need to respect them. Lord, help me to treat them as an image bearer. Help me to treat them and see them as you see them. Then you begin to deal with the issues of the request. Lord, would you please change her desires? Would you change her willingness? Would you help him to to hear me out on this issue? You don't nag them. You do not punish them. Uh, as, As requesting doesn't work, you take the request elsewhere. You take it to the Lord in prayer. And a really breathtaking example of this comes to us in Luke 22. In the context of Luke 22, Jesus knows that Peter is about to betray him. Jesus knows that before the rooster crows three times, uh, Jesus is going, uh, Peter is going to deny Jesus. And Jesus does not go to Peter and try to stop him or fix him because Peter had to make his own mistakes. Jesus knew the confrontation wouldn't have worked, wouldn't have worked. But at the same time, he doesn't condemn him or shame him. Before he's even done this thing of betraying Jesus, Jesus simply says to Peter, I have requested concerning you that your faith might not die. Jesus knows what Peter is about to do. He does not disrespect Peter. He does not condemn or shame him. He he respects his individuality and he takes his request concerning Peter to the Father. I have requested concerning you that your faith might not die. Jesus respected and he requested. And as we look at verses 6 through 12 all together, really 1 through 12 all together, Jesus demonstrates for us just what we've already seen in in our study in the last couple of minutes, that this is all ultimately about the human-to-human relationship. He says, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Do you want to be judged and condemned? Then do not condemn other people. Uh, do you want other people to invade your space and bark orders at you? Then do not invade the space of others and force your opinion on them. And how do you want to be treated? With respect. When other people need things from you, how do you want them to handle you? With a request. Jesus is not only the truth, He's also like the most brilliant interpersonal relationship navigator who has ever lived. And even in approaching us, Jesus models this respect and this request posturing. Uh, 
says in Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. By knocking, he's making a request for his presence to be known, for us to invite him in. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Jesus respects you enough uh, to take your yes or your no to him seriously. He's not going to force himself upon you. He's ultimately going to respect. And in that sense, it's what we've said before, that in this life, we all ultimately find, we all ultimately get what we want. I wonder if, uh, for those of you who are watching or those of you who are listening, do you hear the invitation of Jesus, the knock of Jesus, the ask of Jesus to be actively involved with the intricacies of your life? To invite him into those places of relational woundedness and complexity and to train you and to teach you how to be well and to be wise in the middle of it. As we're reflecting on this, do you hear the Spirit of God inviting you to consider the ways that you're treating other people with disrespect? The ways in which you are, are jumping over the law of the request and invading other people's space with, with disrespect? Jesus is inviting you to be made well. And when we go off course and we disrespect and we violate the law of the request, what do we do? We repent. And so maybe there's a person, maybe there are people, coworkers, family members that you need to go to and you say, you know what? I have not treated you with respect and I've gotten up in your business in ways that it, it was not my place to do. I just want you to know I'm sorry. So as we consider navigating our relationship with the Lord, relationship with other people, I want to invite you just to pray with me. Lord, I know that there are people in our church who have inherited deep wounds from their parents, who have wounds from spouses who have not treated them with disrespect or who have invaded their space. And this is not just like good advice, Lord Jesus. This is the stuff of our life. This is the stuff that like helps us to limp forward through life or helps us to walk confidently. We need healing in our relationships. I pray, Lord Jesus, for starters, that you'd help us to hear your knock at the door of our hearts. Help us to exercise our agency and invite you in to teach us how to be well. And Lord Jesus, may we learn from you, yoked up with you, that easy yoke, learn from you how to be well. Uh, your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. You're gentle in spirit find rest for your souls. Help us to find rest in our relationships as we take seriously your teaching here, not to condemn, not to cast our pearls before pigs and to learn uh, the law of the request. Just we honor you and love you. My ask is that there would be healing in relationships as we take you seriously in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless y'all. We'll see you around Sundays at 915. Cornerstone on the lawn. If you're not able uh, to make us, you can always watch online, but we'd love to see you in person. See you around.